Hello and welcome to another edition of the North Lot Podcast. I am Hot Time in Old Town, Chicago Fire Editor Ruben Tish, and joining me as always is Hot Time EIC Bridget Gordon. Bridget, how are you? I'm really great, Ruben. How are you doing? I am fantastic and back from his excursion, RJ. How you going, RJ? Uh, could be better, you know, yeah. allergies. <laughs> yeah, al- allergies and thunderstorms. So if we clip out halfway and you read about it in the newspaper, um, it's because we were trying to bring you awesome Chicago Fire content and got hit by lightning because we're using electronic devices. If that's- this is exactly how I would go out, too. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of going out, uh, the Chicago Fire went out on Saturday and... Uh, Put a thunderstorm all up in the Colorado Rapids. Four goals. Very smooth segue, Ruben. And uh, finally, this team scores goals, right? Like, we've been seeing that they have the potential to come out and have have games like this. And they finally do it. They've put four past a Colorado team that really didn't seem to give up uh, much of a fight. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because, like, we, we kind of had to come from behind to get this win. But, it, it, you know, that that goal from Colorado kind of just happened. And I don't know. Like, they never, like, other than that, they never really seemed, like, in trouble, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, um, it's Kai Kamara, right? That's Yeah, Kamara of, scores on anyone, so. Yeah, that's yeah. sort of what he does, right? Like, Kai Kamara will just score goals from nowhere and it's like okay let's just he got his goal now we just sort of have to prevent colorado from doing anything else and they did benny Philhaber wasn't much of an impact on the game uh and uh you know the fire lived up to their potential for once and it was good to see Mm-hmm. Especially after the shambles of that Vancouver game, um, which was supposed to be winnable, um, I'm glad that they actually showed fight. They actually finished. They actually shot towards goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaetan is promising. I I can't wait until he is fully integrated in the team. And um, two assists, three assists, maybe sort of. He looks pretty integrated to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he can do more though. I, I honestly think he could do more. We well, can all do more, though. Yeah. No, that's true, but... Um... I could do more. <laughs> I haven't played for the team. I could do more. I think... Though... Oh, really quick. I just want to clarify. Um, I, I misspoke a moment ago when I said that the fire had to come from behind. They were never they were never in the losing position this game. I flipped the Nico, the Nico and Kamara goals in my head, so I sure. thought the Kamara goal happened first. Um, it was my mistake. I apologize. That's we were fair. never in a losing position. We went out to a lead, and then Kamara equalized before halftime, and then we kicked the crap out of them in the second half. It still does kind of feel, though, like they did come from behind, right? Like, the feeling going into the half was a little bit of, here we go again, the fire are tied with a team that they shouldn't be tied with it's all going to come crashing down except it didn't uh you know they had two very well worked team goals that were kind of mirrors of each other and katai finally broke out of whatever was hitting him and hit in a spectacular bender past tim howard it's the parley kit yeah is it 
You think it's the you think it's the kit? Yeah, I mean he scored a beauty against uh, I believe it was the Red Bulls last year in that kit. I think that's what just needs to get him going. Some good old product placement from the ocean. So some, some good old recycled materials is all. Yeah, such a conservationist that Alexander Katai. Only yeah. score starting his year off with the recycled the the uh, kit made of recycled plastic. I'm here for it. Um, but. Like, yeah, right? Like, it was a complete performance. Um, I want to talk a bit about their passing. Because one of the things throughout their now four games unbeaten run uh, is their passing's been really crisp. Uh, 81% overall passing percentage, uh, almost 70% uh, or, uh, no, wait, Colorado's red. Fire blue. Fire had a seventy-five percent passing completion percentage, uh, but a much higher completion passing completion percentage uh, in the final third than all of their other games. Uh, I think it's the highest this year, and uh, they won the possession battle again, and they won the shot battle again. They shot the ball thirteen times instead, which you know feels a little bit more right. Especially when you score four four goals as opposed to twenty three, um, but it it see yeah it seemed to me like you know this was probably their best performance of the year. I liked what I saw out of everybody, and it was a game that they won that they should have won. Um, what do you guys think about just like the performance on a on a general level? I know we talked about the goals, but how about everything else? Well, in regards to the passing, I think everyone has been sublime so far. I think the only player with any issues when it comes to passing is maybe Marcelo, but uh, he's quickly adapting. Yeah, he seems more like the hoof the ball down the field type, and it falls where they may just get it out of the box, which you kind of want in a central defender anyway. So he his passing percentage isn't really one I'd want to pay that much attention to. Yeah, but other than that, everyone's good. That was a and some lightning. Oh shit! That landed right by my house. Yeah, no, my room shook a little bit. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, welcome to the dangerous Northlot podcast here at HotTimeInOldTown.com. Um. I mean, it wouldn't be the North Lawn unless you get caught in a thunderstorm. Right? At least once this year, yeah, definitely. For real, like, some of my, like, really fun memories of, like, going to fire games is, is like, it, it was uh, it was an Open Cup game back in 2013 that got canceled because there was a giant fucking thunderstorm. Yeah. We were, play, we were playing Columbus. Yes, we Cup. were. I was, and it had to get delayed until it got rescheduled for like noon the next day. It was and, 11 a.m. the next day. Uh, thankfully, Brendan Hannon and Eunice Kim, because I was I was in the press box for it both times. So the the Columbus game was fun in the in the press box because we were just all sort of watching other Open Cup games on. Uh, a computer I think my computer actually so the, everyone was like crying around watching the Open Cup oh uh, that was also game six I want to say between the Blackhawks and the Kings and we yeah. were yeah we were watching that in the press box 
and we had to come back the next day and uh, they gave us donuts and coffee in the press box and we watched the fire beat Columbus two to nothing in front of absolutely nobody. I think my favorite weather related fire memory is when uh, they scraped out the 1-0 win against Sporting Kansas City a few years ago. Um, I don't know if you guys remember I that. Do. But, uh, uh, I think DeLue scored the only goal. Michael DeLue might have scored the only goal, I think. Do you remember the game that against Houston where they only played like 60 minutes? And because it was more than they played part of the second half, that they didn't play the full 90 and the game just finished after 65 minutes or whatever? That was That was wild. I don't even remember the score, but I do remember that. That was fun. Um, so moving on, the Fire have uh, not lost in their last four games, and they go into a pretty tough week. Uh, they play Wednesday in Yankee Stadium against uh, New York City, and then they go to uh, where is it? Montreal. Mont- Mont- then they go up to Can- yeah they go up to Canada Montreal. Um, do we know if they're going right from? Are they coming back, and then going to Montreal, or they, like you think I, they should just go from New York to Montreal, right? I feel like usually because my, my my recollection is that they usually come back. They come. They only come back for like a day or two. But I think like most players, even if it is only for a day, most players would really like to sleep in their own bed sure. if they can help it. Um, so I think that's why it is. Because like otherwise, it's a really long slog. Um, so I feel I, – I don't know, and the club won't tell me, but I, I feel like they would be coming back for at least a day okay. and then heading up to Montreal, especially because it's not a Saturday game. It's a Sunday. That's fair. So, you know, they can, they can fly back on Wednesday night. They can sleep in their own bed that night. And then they get like a day or two to decompress and, you know, a day to train and then they fly up North and then train up there. And then, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the New York game. Um, my pre the preview won't be up until Wednesday, but it is, I did write it. It's good. And I wrote about to preview the preview. Uh, <laughs> it's like making an announcement for an announcement. Uh, I, I wrote about the pitch and God, I hate Yankee stadium. It's probably the worst venue in the league. Like there's only one team, other team I can remember playing in a baseball stadium and having it work. And that's Kansas city when they played in that minor league park. But that was such a huge ballpark that you could, like, get a decent-sized soccer field out of it. At least I can – that's what I remember. Um, I don't – like, they say it's regulation size. I'm not sure it's regulation size at all. Yeah, I don't buy it. No. I don't buy it at all. And it's kind of disgusting that MLS – thinks that this is still okay i guess but i mean i'm also an nwsl fan and some of the stadium issues there are pretty awful sure you know like like rain fc played a memorial in seattle for a long time and that was horrible sure um you know sky blues at your and 
Ew. Oh, and Rain just moved to a new stadium in Tacoma, but it's a baseball stadium. Sure. It's a minor league baseball stadium. And then, oh, what what else is there? Um, a lot of USL teams also. Sure. Baseball. Yeah. Because like, sometimes it's the best you can do. Sure. But, like, and, and no disrespect to the NWSL. I love the NWSL. But this is a team owned by, you know, literal royalty and baseball royalty and the Steinbrenners, right? They should be able to play in, like, a soccer pitch. And I, I don't, get, yeah. You know, it's like a lot of these NWS, NWSL clubs are still, like, you know, small, like, family run. Like, if we're comparing the two, NWSL clubs are owned by, like, mom and pop shops, whereas, like, no, not necessarily. Like, well, yeah. There are a lot of clubs that are owned, owned by, by their the MLS teams. Yeah. I mean, the Red Stars are unique in that. Well, I wouldn't say unique, but like the Red Stars are only one of a few like truly independent clubs. Sure. And but like you have those independent clubs and you're comparing them to like Walmart in like the New York Yankees. <laughs> this team is owned by the New York Yankees. And it's That's like funny. Yeah, yes, and City. I said that already. But like, they should be like it's, it's kind of embarrassing, and I think it would be so much better for everybody if that team played in a on a grass field built for something like soccer or football. <coughs> I don't um, disagree, but also. And I mean, I mean, I'm sure that the front office would agree too, and probably the league. But also, it's building new stuff in New York City, and yeah. it's this and that. It's the other thing. Yeah, it's 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 kind of the same reason why the fire will never get us, or at least didn't get a stadium in the city back in 2006. So they had to go to Bridgeview. There's got to be. Yeah, well, we had they had to deal with uh, with the younger Daly, and Richard M. Daly was like weird about sure new venues and whatever. Sure, if if they waited until Rom took office, they might have had better luck. Um, but you never know. And then I don't know how like if they if they were interested, hypothetically speaking, in building a new stadium in the city, I don't know necessarily how receptive. Lori Lightfoot will be to it. Sure. Um, I guess we'll find out. There's a lot of question marks hanging yeah. over I mean, new mayor. I'm kind of eh, the eh. the best place for it is still across from Gate Five at Guaranteed Rate Field, which is where the stadium was going to be. They had a deal with the Reinsdorfs. Yeah, but Daily nixed it for some reason. Yeah. Um. Shrug. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so, but that would have been great, that would have been a great location too, like literally right off the red line. That yeah, would have been beautiful. No, it's it's like there's a like, you know, I mean the neighborhood. Sure, whatever. It's getting better. Um, it's Bridgeport, right? Like that's not that's a good. It's a good neighborhood, and then Pilsen's right there. Right. And you've got like 
you know that that that's a really it, like nice neighborhood too. And I don't like like my girlfriend lives in McKinley Park, which is sure. too far away, and it's really nice over there. It too. feel it also feels like a lot of that's where a lot of the urban fire fans live, like the Bridgeport Pilsen especially. Yeah, yeah, and I mean there's a, there's another contingent like up here on the far north side. Sure, um, but. And of course, yeah. you know, lo- the Logan Squares supporters group. Shout yeah. out to the Logan Squares. Yeah, exactly. What's up, Logan Squares? Uh, but yeah. So I don't know. It's, like, it feels sort of weird because we also kind of live in this glass house, throwing stones at Yankee Stadium. But at the same time, our glass I, house. I mean, is- look, we're shit talkers, right? Right. This is what we do. But also, so we actually play in an actual stadium, an actual right? soccer we, stadium, right? Like it sucks, but it's not a baseball field. It's not a baseball. It's not a baseball field. field. That should be a T-shirt right there. Yeah, and we don't have any Nazis. Um, we keep co- we keep talking about all these ideas for merch and they're never doing. Anything. No, and never doing anything. Should yeah. I just set up a red bubble later this week? <laughs> right. Right. Um, so, but going on to the field, this is a very different NYCFC team than past NYCFC teams. Um, they're, they're not star studded. Like they got plenty of good players. Don't get me wrong, but they're not, you know, David Villa isn't there anymore. No David Villa, no Frank Lampard, no... Uh, yeah. Pirlo, Pier, with a Pirlo? Pirlo. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, no, uh, Tommy McNamara. Uh, Jack Harrison, fire legend. The fire legend. No fire legend to Jack Harrison. Uh, so, like, it's a beatable team. Um, they, they did get thrashed by TFC, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then, uh, they did just beat DC United in DC, which is actually kind of impressive. Um, but you know, the, the they're beatable. Um, yeah. especially this season. Yeah, they are in fact they are even in fact below the fire in the standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, I mean, although to be fair, so are Atlanta. If I, I believe. Well. We'll let R- RJ's back, so we'll let him talk about Frank Frank, Frank <laughs> DeBoer later. We'll let him we'll, we'll let him talk about Frank DeBoer later because he's back. So we 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 didn't do it last week because we knew that you would be back this we week. Did. We knew we knew we'd we'd save it just for you, RJ. We'd save it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, and uh, I don't know. The Fire have never won in Yankee Stadium, ever. I mean, they played five games there. They've never won a single time. Um, I don't know if that changes this week. I said in the preview a 2-2 draw, and I think a draw on Wednesday is probably a good result. I do, yeah. too. I mean, I always feel loose. New York has been, uh, I think, they drew five times this season, and it wasn't until when they beat DC United that was their first win. So yeah, yeah. it was their first one win. win, one loss, five draws. Uh, one win, five loss. Uh, yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Montreal is going to be the tough one. They're actually doing okay. Yeah, they're, well, they're Montreal. One step above us. Montreal and the Fire have basically a similar record. 
Um, is Piotti still out? I uh, Piotti. I guess we'll find out on Friday. Yeah, we'll find out on Friday. They did lose to Philadelphia. Uh, and yeah, Philadelphia are in third in the East. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. What the actual fuck? I I don't know. I like this timeline. <laughs> I uh, mean, for soccer reasons, I don't. Um, other reasons, I like it. Yeah. But I don't know. David Akam hasn't done anything either. <laughs> wait till yeah, no, wait till he comes to uh, right. Yeah. Wait till he comes back to Chicago. Well, I mean, I think a lot he of always scores against us. I think a lot of things that are going right for um philadelphia since we're here now um has been alejandro bedoya he's been really good so far this year and mm-hmm. i i think that a lot of what philadelphia is doing right starts and ends with him uh as for montreal i do believe that uh that um Piatti is still injured. He didn't play. He wasn't in the lineup uh against uh Philadelphia. So, you know, it's going to be interesting seeing if uh the fire can take advantage of the ghost of Bakari Sanya and Evan Bush and uh put some goals past Montreal this on uh, Sunday. That'll be real interesting to see. According to MLS, it's uh, Piotti's out and um, Ken Kraliki is out. So they only have two starters that are out. Sure. So yeah, the the Montreal game on on uh, Sunday is probably going to be the more interesting of the two, if only because they actually play on an actual soccer field. So we'll be able to see actual soccer instead of the ping pong that usually happens. at Yankee Stadium. Um, so we're about 24 minutes in at this point, which means, RJ, it's time for you to talk about Frank DeBoer. Uh, <laughs> because Atlanta, uh, what did Atlanta do this weekend? They lost, they lost again. At home. At home to an FC Dallas team. Uh, a very young FC Dallas team, in fact. Uh, so I mean, to, to be fair to FC Dallas, they're low-key good. They've always been low-key good. They have one sure. of the best academies in the league. They and do. so, I mean, their youngsters could, could beat anyone on a good day. Um, but Atlanta, though. <laughs> it, yeah, it's Atlanta. I mean... Uh, They're doing what t- Toronto did last year. Sure, won the, they won the cup and then just fell apart. Just fell apart. Yeah, Joseph Martinez scored on a penalty. Yeah, in the ninth. So in the so ni- got that go for them. Yeah. In the ninety seventh minute. Why was there like I didn't see it, but do you know why there were seven minutes of stoppage time at the end of the second half? I, I don't know. Like did somebody like. Like, was there, like, a broken bone or something? Like, let's see, recap. Uh, It doesn't say. It just says there's 70 minutes of stoppage time. So Atlanta had 22 shots 
while Dallas had eight shots. <laughs> yeah, like Atlanta's peppering, but I guess a lot like the fire, they're just not going in. I I think they're in sort of very similar spots at the moment where the fire just busted out of a long goal scoring drought and Atlanta is still sort of mired in it. Uh, they're like Jeff Lorenowitz still plays, I guess. Like, and, and you like, look at this, right? Like you look at Julian Gressel and Ezekiel Barco and Joseph Martinez and Darlington Adme and, uh, Villaba and, like, you see that lineup, and it's like, how are they so bad? And then you look at the table, and they find themselves not just bottom, but bottom on five points tied with the New York Red Bulls. Like, if it wasn't for, like, again, if it wasn't for Colorado, we're looking at our, we're looking at the wooden spoon race right here. So it's like, it's just, it's just amazing kind of what's, and and sort of fascinating. It's so bad. Yeah, it's fascinating sort of what's happening down there. Also with uh, Portland as well, they just scraped out a win against uh, that yellow team. Well, Portland's a bit different because of the stadium run of reservations. They're, That's true. I mean, um... they don't play a home game until June, until the first week of June. So it, it does scream DC United of last year when right. they had to play in some some like park somewhere in Virginia, but. Yeah, uh, but that was that was pretty Rooney. I mean, this is still the Portland Timbers. They have some sure. quality players out there. So, but, but you know. yeah, it's very hard to win on the road, and it's in the, in MLS. It's very hard, and to have to do it for so long really takes a mental toll. Um, I'm not really all that surprised by Portland. I think they'll do better. I think I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Um. Because I think, like, 10 of their last 11 are at home or something, and they can just start rattling off points like that if they want to. Um, I, I I think Portland's season starts in June, and this whole thing is an aberration, really. Um, so, unless we have any Twitter questions, which I don't... We do. We have two of them. Awesome sauce. Uh, read them out. Okay, so uh, first one is from Owen Gull, uh, at sorry at Owen Gull, uh, and I quote: "Schedule shows two midweek games in the next month, which begins CF 97s depth test. Do you foresee any spot starts happening on Wednesday or Sunday, or is it full steam ahead until someone else catches the groin bug, and then there's a gif of a bug?" Um. Yeah, I don't know. So I guess, I guess, like, in the general sense, just, like, do we see any team rotation? Or is it just Pato keeping the same favorite 11 um, through two games? I think we'll probably see rotation in that Gaetan starts uh, probably against Montreal, and I think we see Jordy on Wednesday. 
Yeah, that um, sounds about right. But I think other than that, it's full speed ahead, right? Like, both backup strikers at the moment are injured, right? Uh, Herbers is hurt, and Frankowski still has a groin injury. Uh, yeah. Defensively... I could see... I could see them maybe playing a four-two-three-one, and then Sapong starting up front, and Nico coming off the bench. Sure, um, but who like? And you play Gaetan on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah, that seems. Yeah. That seems you know with the way the park is, you don't mind playing narrow. So I think that would be fine. Um, I think. Yeah, and and then our wingers would be Katai and uh, I'm blanking, but yeah, basically like our wingers would have to be inside forwards. Yeah, which would which would be which I think suits Katai well. Right, um, and then I think it would like you said it would it would work well on at on Yankee Stadium's field and yeah, yeah. So. Squad rotation, not so much. Uh, a player in and a player out, definitely, but no like four, five, six different players in the starting hole. Then I think you go, you you just you sort of go with the. Uh, you keep going full power. I mean, Pauno doesn't even really do squad rotations for open cup games. For open cup games, it's like the A team anyway, too. So like, you know, it's. I mean, he made Dax play like literally the day after he became a Dax. So... I don't know. I don't know if he made Dax play. I think Dax uh, just wanted to play. I mean, okay. I mean, that's that's true. That that's fair. But also, like, if if I were head coach, I would have insisted Dax take the day off because some things are just more important than soccer. You know. Yeah. But I if, mean, if, if, if Dax really, really wanted to play, that's one thing. But. I don't know. I, I really. I mean, they gave it. Nico the day off, right? Or a week off. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's fair. All right. Yeah. So maybe this is just Dax. Like I no, think I'm it just boils down to Dax. Yeah. Plus, if Dax doesn't doesn't play, they don't get that third goal. Because that was that pass from Dax McCarty to uh, uh, is that Katai was or yeah the second goal they don't get. Because that was Dax to Katai to Sapong. And it was kind of, it was, it was one of the, it was a great pass. And they don't get that if Dax doesn't play. As much as I love, as much as I love Mo Adams, he can't make that pass. So, you know, maybe we are looking at a complete collapse if Dax McCarty isn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that. What's the second question? Second question is from uh, Giancarlo Chin. Uh, his question is, how long before Jordy gets the call from Europe? I'd say next year or the year after. After, I, I think after 2020 as well. Um, I think it depends if he plays during the Gold Cup at all. If he gets called up for the Gold Cup team or has a stellar Olympics, then I think Europe's going to come a calling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can, I can definitely see 
if he gets a lot more national team caps and he continues to show really well, I could see him going to like a mid-table Bundesliga team or something. Yep. And he has to because of European work requirements. Um, yeah. Like we saw the problems with um, what's his name? The Kevin Kidd. Andrew. Andrew uh, Gutman. Yeah, we saw the problems with, with Gutman getting a work visa to play in Scotland. Yeah, but th- that's because the UK is basically closing their borders and saying no, no outsiders. Because they're they're doing this weird slide into fascism, which I realize is you know pot kettle whatever. But this, this yeah, and they said Brexit wouldn't affect football. If that's true, why is there why is there a chance of Brexit happening in football manager? Do we know what the percentage of that is? Uh, of that happening in your football manager save where England, where uh, all the UK, UK leagues uh, have to do their own thing because they leave the European Union? I think that's just a scenario and not embedded in the game itself. No, that's what I'm saying. There's like a percentage chance it happens, but I don't know what the number is on that. I think I think, <laughs> I, I think it's actually pretty cool that they did that, by the way. That they put Brexit in Football Manager. I think that's pretty fun. But uh, anyway, I'd like I would love to see Georgie play in Europe. Um, I I would support him until the very end. Uh, I wish he has a very happy European career, and I hope he comes back in his thirties. I do too, but I don't. I want him to play for the Fire for. 10 to 15 years and win multiple trophies. The same here, but you can't hold him back just like with Matt Bolster. I mean, well, I, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, go get that money. Right. But you know, it, it'd be nice to have him in a fire shirt for his entire career where he wins multiple trophies in the fire, win the champions league and beat Barcelona in the final of the club world cup. I've done that football manager yeah. <laughs> with, with, Fellaini and Balotelli. So, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Definitely with those two. That explains why you keep wanting them to come to the fires, because it worked so well in your football manager thing. But, but yeah, you, you do bring up a good point. I, you know, it, it would be nice to see someone from the academy to stick with a club. Um, I think Gachar, I hope I'm saying his last name right. Is one of those players. I don't know. I've heard it four ways. I think Dan Kelly says Gutcher. So I think we just go with that. Gutcher. Okay. So uh, I think that's everything but predictions. We've got two to make uh, this week. So let's start with you, RJ. Uh, 2-2 with New York and I guess 1-1 with Montreal. Um, I'm hoping for at least two points out of these two games. I would be happy with that. I think they're going to beat New York. I know I said 2-2 draw in the preview, but I'm starting to... The more I think about it, I actually don't think I... Did I give a per... I don't know. I can look it up. If I didn't give a prediction in the preview, I'll make sure to edit it with the one I give now. Uh, I'm going to say 3-1, fire. I think New York gets a goal because New York scores. 
Uh, and uh, the fire keeps scoring because they are, seem to enjoy themselves on Saturday and seem to want to keep doing it. Uh, so that's my prediction for that game. Um, as for Montreal, I'm going to say uh, that the fire are going to probably lose. Uh, I just have this feeling about... You know, going. I just have this feeling about it. I think they're probably going to lose in Montreal, two to one maybe. Um, and I think yeah, that's that. I think Nikolic keeps scoring. I think he increases his goal scoring streak to five games. I think he scores in both. Um, but yeah, I think they split him. Uh, Bridget. I'm gonna say two one win in New York, two two draw in Montreal. That is all from us at the North Lot. You can find us on Twitter at North Lot Pod. Email us at northlotpod at gmail.com. Catch the podcast at hottimeinoldtown.com or catch us on Stitcher. Tell your fire friends about it. We would like your listenership. It's what keeps us going. And we will be back at the same time next week to talk about both Wednesday's match at Yankee Stadium and uh, Sunday's match at the Stad Saputo. We will see you next week. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. They, they, they go. Yes, they do go ahead. And Kamara's goal was the tying goal, and not the um, not the go ahead. I was just waiting for the scratching noise to stop. Sorry, that's fine. I'm leaving this in. By the way, uh, extra content for our hashtag, viewers. Hashtag extra Patreon.com. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, I mean your job, but actually, like that's not the worst idea. No. Uh...